Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Welcome to this week's Reality Winner with Mitch and Mark. Mitchy, how's your week been? My week has been pretty much like your week because I live with you and we work together. So That's how's, true, your, but how's your week been? Had a bit of separate time because I've been in one shop and you've been in the other, but we'll get to that later on. Yeah. The exciting thing for this week was well, we had quite a few parties. We had a party on Thursday People night. It was party. Sorry? People are going to think all we do is party. Well, we know we had a bit on. Our friend Colin Fasnich, the amazing chef who's a restaurateur and a TV chef, he opened a new establishment called the Castle Ray in Castle Ray Street, Sydney. Amazing space. It's Castle Ray by Fasnich. Castle Ray by Fasnich, yeah. Yeah. If you're in Sydney, go to the Castle Ray by Fasnich in Castle Ray Street. Very cool. And his, and his food is simple yet really fabulously fun and tasty. You know, he's always wonderful. We had that. We caught up with friends who were visiting from the US who rented an amazing house on the waterfront in Elizabeth Bay for two weeks. Loads of money. It is. Uh, Having said that, listeners, it's really interesting. This is a multi-million dollar renovation, this penthouse, and you and I couldn't help but walk in. And one, it was breathtaking. You walked in on one level. It was two-level penthouse. Breathtaking, staircase, stunning. We walked up to the master bedroom. What a design disaster. It was a design disaster. It, yes, was, it was a design. They had a bathroom cubicle with a clear glass door that you look into from the bed. And rather than doing an Uber in into the city and home from the city because we wanted to have a few drinks, we decided to get a super cheap um, hotel room. We stayed at the Devere Hotel for $135 for the night, which was a bargain, and it was good and clean and did the job. But the friends in this amazing penthouse said, oh, you should have stayed here the night. I thought, well, I would have liked that bit of information before we went. <laughs> Saturday night, us. we had a new had a friend who's moved into our town of Newport, did a housewarming. Yes, we have a new resident in Newport. So we had what is technically known as a, is it, is it triple, triple hangover? A triple hangover. Is, what, you what, had a triple hangover. Yeah, well, you didn't so much. I did. But anyway, we really couldn't afford it because the reason we've been a bit in separate places, which I want to get into more. Oh, actually, before no. we can get there. Mitch, I'm sorry. Listeners, those of you on the eastern seaboard of Australia will know how much the rain has affected us. But there's another effect of the rain, and it's called potholes. Oh, my and God. And on the weekend, I don't know if anyone else has done this, but I'm hearing a lot of people have had this experience. On the weekend... I dropped Mitch off at the shop and decided to go down around the long way to get to our new shop, came across this ginormous pothole in Barangjoey Road, the main road in Newport. Like before I knew it, I was on this pothole, hit it, bang, bang, two tyres out, front and rear, left-hand tyres out on the car. And when you're a one-car couple, the car out of action is a major issue when you live up on top of a cliff with a mountain goat trail to walk up to get home. Yep, amazing. Now, we've since heard that other people have had it, so I don't know if any of the rest of you have dealt with it, but please be so careful on the road. The potholes are killers. So what happens with the financial side of that? Well, the financial side of that, you can put a claim in. We'll be putting a claim in through the road road and uh, maritime services here in New South Wales because of the upkeep of the road. But it's one of those things that... You know, the roads have been so severely impacted and 
And I just don't think, you know, roads and, and maritime services can't probably keep up with the repair, which is not their fault, but be careful on the road, people. It killed us. But anyway, Mikey, we're sort of going a long way into that. One thing I want to touch on is, well, I want to, there's a few things I want to touch on, actually. But firstly, you, by now we're usually talking about the guests we're going to have this week, and we've had some amazing guests every week. But this week we have decided to address some of your questions. Our listeners have had some really interesting questions, and rather than just let them mount up and have not the opportunity to introduce them with our special guest, we decided we would address the questions instead of having a guest. So there will be no guest this week other than Mark and I. It'll be us, but in a way. Welcome, Mark. You can be my guest. Thank you. Thank you. It's lovely being here on Reality Renault. Before we go into those questions, can I just raise something uh, related to renovation and our property, which we keep on talking about that we're about to start our renovation? Well, we are still in the position of about to start. And quite frankly, I'm sick of talking about being about to start because every time we get close, something else is coming up. It was it was COVID, then it was back on the block, then it was opening the shop. Now it is moving to a new location, still in Newport, but a much bigger space. So we keep getting other things coming up that putting a renovation back. For guys that, that have done something like 20 renos and flips, we have lost our mojo with getting started. We're a little bit failure to launch. Having said that, the rain that we've had over here on East Coast, if we had started a renovation in amongst that rain, it would have been pushed back anyway because, you you know, realistically you're not going to be getting a lot of that work done. You could have, we could have had it demoed and it just be washed out. But secondly, uh, and I think this is going to impact and it may be impacting some of our listeners, after the floods and the damage that has happened up north, there's going to be a huge drain on our trades. I mean, People are going to need to go up there to make homes because there are people without homes. We at least have one. There was already a drain on trades because through COVID, people got inspired about doing things with their mm -hmm. homes. So more people than ever have been renovating, rebuilding, fixing their homes. There was already a strain on trades, mm -hmm. let alone the fact that um, COVID has meant delays for everything coming in from overseas. Supply chain's crazy. Supply chain's Price crazy. Goods have gone up. So prices of supplies have gone through the roof. Yes. Trades demand will put the cost of trades through the roof. Yes. So it might be a good thing that we actually do get stuck into the shop and try and make some money and hold back a bit. Well, in a little way that is. It's a way of trying to save some money. But also in another way, when you have people in parts of Australia who've just gone through two floods or they've been flooded in, in a way they've never had to deal with before and they don't have a house, you know, in a way it's like, better that the trades and the materials are used for them than for us. We have a house. We have a roof. It leaks a bit, but we have a roof over our heads. Yeah, well, it's not much of a roof. It's actually yeah. it's leaking a lot, Mark. But you know what? Let's get into our first question. Ready for the first question? I am ready. Our first question comes from Natasha and Anthony from Mossman, but not Mossman in Sydney, Mossman in Farnham. Queensland. Farnham. Oh, oh, that stands for FNQ, oh, Far North Queensland. What did you think it said? I don't think I'd need to say it again. Oh. Funk. Right. Yeah. They actually have a really interesting question, and a lot of people have asked us this given our experience in property flipping. Can you really make money out of property flipping? Well, the short answer is yes. And no. Yeah. Look, this is a really, really, really good question, and it's one that we often get asked 
Uh, often, too, it's a comparison between what you see on TV from American shows, doing property flipping. You know, there's a whole lot of those shows that are very, very popular in the US compared to how you do it in Australia. But also and trades and product and supply products are more affordable in the US than they are here. Well, this is one of, one of the things you have to think about is when you see some of that stuff on shows, the American shows, and they quote prices, some of those prices are quite different to what you pay here. The labour costs are probably quite different. And a big key difference is stamp duty. So before you do anything, when you're spending money on a property, stamp duty, you have to factor that in, and that doesn't happen in the US. So, Marky, how do we do this in a shorthand answer rather than being the whole segment? Because I want to get through three questions here today. Uh, okay. <laughs> uh, so you've actually, one thing you've often said is you make your money from a property flip when you're buying the property. I don't quite understand what you mean by that. Okay. So for the question, can you make money? Yes, you can make money. But there are a couple of things that we keep in mind. One is, is your property flipping short-term or long-term? It's like guess any investment do you want to make money out of one property and that's it or are you prepared to say this is going to be a plan to do three four or five properties because you know there's always that mythology of somebody who does a property and they make half a million dollars yes that can happen but it's not most likely to happen and i think also it depends when you're talking about property flipping if you're talking about buying a property and being all set to go full steam ahead mm -hmm. completing the property and having it straight on the market mm -hmm. That's what I would call property flipping. If you're talking about buying a property that you're intending to flip or sell later mm -hmm. and you're going to spend two years doing it, I don't really think that's considered property flipping no. because then you're impacted by, a mark, by market fluctuation up it and is. down. So in simple terms, if you are wanting to flip, flip a property and make money, what you're trying to do is to manufacture growth or manufacture value in the property from one time when you buy it until the time you sell it. And generally that's going to be, from our experience, maybe six-month period. The reason it's a six-month period and when you're thinking about flipping property, you have to plan this before you go anywhere. Your money, you need to put a deposit down at the time that you sign the contract, when you exchange contracts. So your money is wrapped up from that point. Normally there's six weeks before you settle and that's when all your money goes into the property. So you've got already six weeks where some of your money is tied up. Then you do the renovation. Now, for us, we were doing apartments, and so we were doing maybe eight to 10 weeks. So you're already in 16 weeks where your money is caught up. That's four months without, if you don't have any hiccups, it's four months. Then you put it on the property market. And you want to try and sell it within a month. So that's four weeks, at least a four-week campaign. So in our 20 weeks. Then there's a six-week settlement generally. Yep. If you get uh, somebody via wonderful contracts are exchanged and six weeks to settlement, it's another six weeks. You're 26 weeks. So when you're flipping a property, in our mind, we always planned this out before we even you know, signed up on anything. We would look at it's a six-month process from day one to when you put your first bit of money down until when you get all your money on sale, the settlement of the sale. So that's six months. So you have to project that out. Now, you want to be able to manufacture growth in that period. So manufactured growth is the growth outside of um, market fluctuations. Yes. It's manufactured growth is what you add to the property to increase the value so that somebody will spend more on that property than would have occurred if it just had the general market growth or, or if the market's going down. 
Because if you bought a property at Mm $500,000 and then the market grew in that six-month period by 10%. Yes. So that means the property all of a sudden would have been worth five fifty. Yes. So if you've invested that property and and spent $200,000 to improve Mm -hmm. that property, Mm -hmm. you're now saying that that was a $700,000 property. Yep. which includes all the money you've spent on it, yep. stamp, GDS, and the whole lot. Yep. So that's $700,000 property. So that property would be at seven seventy dollars mm-hmm. before you would be making a profit on the manufactured growth. Yes. So when we start, so for any of our listeners, if you're thinking of property flipping, so first off, think about your timeline. Our timeline for apartments was six months. It could be longer for a house. Then what you do is you put down how much, money am I putting in in my deposit? How much of my money am I putting in my deposit? Because generally people will finance, work out how many repayments you're going to be making in that period. And if it's a strata property, you need to be working out how many strata payments you have to make. Yeah, during so that what, what you do is get, I get a spreadsheet and go, what are my repayments to the bank for borrowing the money, the cost of having the money. What is my uh, strata fees that I'm going to have to pay through the whole process? What's my, ele- what's my stamp duty? What's all my electrical costs, utility costs, just to hold the property there? Then I add in all my labour costs for renovation, costs for tiles and tapware and all the things that you want to do to that property and add it all up and project that out. Then you need to work out what would you have to sell it for adding on what you want to make, what's your return on it. So if you go from, a, say, a half a million dollar property, probably unusual in Sydney, but if you had a half a million dollar property plus your stamp duty plus all of that, you get to a point of saying, for me to make money over a six-month period, I have to sell it for $750,000, let's say. Yep. So, Mark, let's say if you're looking in a in a market Let's pick Mossman in far north Queensland, mm-hmm. and I don't know. And I'm so I'm just I'm just pulling um, numbers out of my ass here. I don't really know what the price is up there. But say the range in Mossman was was averaging between five hundred thousand and a million dollars. So if you're buying a place at the bottom of that market, you know that the top price will be a million dollars. The house you're buying in Mossman has to be potential to be that million dollar house. Yes. Um, so, and if it's if it had issues that were stopping it from ever being that, mm-hmm. you need to compare it with other houses that are at its best potential. So, mm-hmm. that house in Mossman, it might be able to compete with the eight hundred thousand dollar houses, mm-hmm. not the million dollar houses. So, you know, at five hundred thousand dollar cost, everything that it costs you for the holding cost that you're calling, calling yes. it, that's the first cost you need to add onto that five hundred. Yeah. Then you need to project what are the costs. It's going to be on top of the holding cost. So, if the holding cost, say, brought you up to five fifty, mm-hmm. then you've got to work out if I've got to spend two hundred thousand dollars on that mm-hmm. property to get it up to being equivalent to the eight hundred thousand yes. dollars properties. We're already at five fifty. Now we're now at seven hundred fifty. Yeah. So the only potential profit there might be that fifty thousand dollars. It could be. So when we've approached property flipping, we've also had to adjust our expectation and say if we do a property. And we make fifty thousand dollars out of it. That was fifty thousand we didn't have before. So we've had some where we've made two hundred fifty thousand dollars. We've had one or two like that. We've had some where we've made fifty grand, and, and some one made we made fifteen thousand. Fifteen thousand dollars. But in our head, we had to say from a long term, we were doing a long term game. Fifteen thousand dollars was fifteen thousand we didn't have before. But we keep in mind that we worked in professional jobs all the way through. So that was 15000 on top of what we were earning as in our day job. 
And the other option is to get in and do the labour yourself if you're not a trader, do all the labour. Yeah. But if you're going to do that, you need to weigh up, what do I earn an hour in my day job yeah. that's going to be worthwhile forfeiting to pay someone else labour? So if the labour is going to cost you, and I uh, say $60 an hour, yeah. if you're earning $100 an hour, yeah. keep earning the $100 an hour. Yeah. You're actually better off to pay True. The, pay so the in labor. summary to that question, Natasha and Anthony, thank you so much. Can you make money? Yes, you can. First tip is it's a business. So use a business model, which means you account for and plan out, plan your time. How long is it going to take for you to put your money down and how long it will take for it to come back? All the holding costs. Add into that all the costs are going to be associated with doing that. When will your money be caught up and and you can't access your money and when will your money come back? And then project out what you're going to have to get back to make money out of this project. Third thing is compare properties in your market and your intended market. And your intended market so that you can work out, well, are the improvements you're going to put into this property going to get it to that market? And work point? on the work on the worst case scenario. As soon as you go down this path, which a lot of us do looking through rose-coloured glasses, work on the best case scenario, you're screwed before you start. Work on the worst case. What happens if it doesn't work out the way you want? What's your backup plan? Always have a backup plan. And I guess the, the last thing is your purpose in doing a flip is to manufacture growth in the property is basically by the work you're doing and adding to the property, you're wanting to increase the value of the property so that somebody's going to come in and go, here's some extra money. Yeah. So I hope that's answered your question, Natasha. Well, I think, th- I think that's a whole, it's, it is actually a whole segment and we might come back to that at a later date with a whole rounded out our views on the pitfalls, the highs and lows of property flipping. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Now we're going to move on to the next one because I want to get through at least three of these today. Well, this question I think is a really good question because Michelle from Melbourne She's emailed us and had listened to one of the episodes where, Mitch, you talked about apologies. Now, Mitch has talked about how you reduce the apologies in a property when you're flipping. And Michelle has written and said she likes the idea, but she didn't quite understand what you meant by what's an apology when you look at a property and how do you reduce them? So when I talk about apologies, the thing, apologies for a property, it's things like if you're in apartments and the apartments in the area you're competing with are generally two bedroom, two bathroom, one car park. If you're buying a two bedroom, one bathroom, one car park. So if you're going to have a one bathroom apartment, that's an apology. I'm sorry. It's not what you want. I know you want two bedrooms. Mm-hmm. So can you overcome that? And we'll get to that. Right. Um, Second one would be that it's an expectation in an area that people just want to have an internal laundry with apartments. Okay. Can you overcome that? And we'll get to that too. Right. Other things like an apology is on the corner of a busy main road or on a busy road in general. Are their neighbours looking in on you? Okay. So it's things in a way 
Things that the apologies pro- is something that when you walk into the home or walk into the apartment or the house, and if you had a guest or a potential buyer coming through, that you have to apologize for, that you almost have to go, look, that's fine, you know, don't know, but you could change that. You don't yeah. want to be saying to people, oh, but you could change it. What you want to do is a place that you're buying that has a lot of apologies, bring the price down. If you can alleviate and get rid of those apologies, that means no more apologies. I'm not saying sorry that my place has got wrongs. It's all good. But if there are apologies you can't fix, like the busy main road, Mm -hmm. is what you're going to do to the property going to make people look away from the fact that it's got a noisy main road or is it just going to make it a a nicer house with an apology that's going to be too big to overcome? So, Mitch, is a way of looking at that, what you're talking about, apologies, if you're a property flipper and let's you walk, turn the let's turn the apologies into opportunities. We will. So if you that's what I'm thinking. When you're a property flipper and you walk in, when we've walked into an apartment or a house, we're actually looking for lots of apologies. We're looking for lots of things that the real estate agent is saying Opportunity. Exactly. Because as soon as they're saying, Oh, that's not so good, you could change it. They're actually the opportunities for us to change something and to do that manufactured growth that I talked about. Yes. Earlier. I spoke about the bathroom one. Now, we did an apartment in Potts Point in an area where it was a decent-sized apartment where people really wanted two bathrooms. They wanted an ensuite and a main. We bought an apartment that had parking, two bedrooms, one bathroom, and it was pretty god-awful-looking apartment. So it had the pros of parking in Potts Point, big tick. Two bedrooms was the tick. Single bathroom. Single bathroom was an opportunity. Opportunity because the single bathroom was huge. It was, and it was horrible. Yes, and we were able to divide that space into two bathrooms and yep. create two bathrooms, a small bathroom and a reasonable ensuite. Yes. So it, it, it actually solved the issue. Mitchy, that was a huge opportunity because we walked into this really horrible, disgusting bathroom that you didn't need, and you manufactured growth by creating an ensuite. So you manufactured a little master suite in this apartment. Yes. There were so many opportunities in this apartment. Yes. And the the big opportunity was that bathroom that we split. So if people want to see the before and afters, we've got before and after photos. I'll put it on our website. Um, if they go to mitchamark.com forward slash home, home by home. Yes. And you will see um, some photos there of before and after. How will they know which one that we're talking about? Oh, well, I'll put it there as the bathroom. Transfer. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I'll, I'll put a little heading. So another thing that I want to talk about with that same property, that property was in a very ugly 70s building. If anyone knows Potts Point in Victoria Street, there's these monstrosity buildings that are all very 70s. In that area, there's a big demand for very um, old worldy sort of apartments, but there's a lack. there was such a lack of stock. And the real estate agents kept telling us that people want more traditional style apartments mm-hmm. Dare I not say almost a Hamptons type feel? Mm-hmm. In that apartment, we changed the feel by putting in old style floorboards. Mm-hmm. We put in a very country Hamptons ish style kitchen. Very tall floorboards. Tall floorboards. Uh, skirting boards. Sorry, tall skirting boards. Tall skirting boards, yes. So we gave that apartment a feel, a bit of an old world feel. Mm-hmm. So we created when the 70s building, we didn't go with the 75, we actually made it into the type of apartment that was very sought after. It was very sought after. And here's another little tip for people listening. The benefit of the 70s apartment block is the supporting walls, they take all the weight outside down through the external walls. So most of the walls inside, unless the slabs dropped a bit, most of the walls inside you can move around. Yes, 
Yeah, that's, that's right. A benefit so so those... we didn't have to put beams in to, yep. change, to change walls. There's another thing too. Also noise transfer because those apartments are solid concrete floors. Mm-hmm. So there's not noise transfer, which some of the old um, not in the same 100-year-old apartments, which we've, we'll get into that later. We've had that too. Some of the old apartments can be a real challenge. Where did this question come from? What was I so Michelle was talking about apologies and you've talked oh, about Oh, right. Sorry. I'm back. I'm back. Yeah. And then another one that was interesting from the apologies, we walked into the Tamarama property. Yes. And beautiful Tiny, shitty second bathroom. Bedroom. Beautiful property close to the beach. I mean, an ideal. You could walk down to Bondi Beach, walk to Tamarama Beach. Great location. It was right between Bondi and Tamarama. Yeah. But it was one of those old apartments where there was a huge bedroom and the second bedroom was basically the sunroom. So it was tiny. But we um, used the doors that went off that bedroom into the sunroom and made them doors taking a hunk out of that the, the huge bedroom and made the second bedroom, the sunroom, much bigger by stealing some space off the other bedroom. Yeah, so what we did when we looked at it, we considered moving a wall. That was going to cost far too much. And then suddenly we looked and went, between the sunroom, which is the second bedroom, and the main bedroom were two French doors. And the current tenants, when we looked in, the tenants there had just put a wardrobe to back up and block off those two French doors. Taking huge space from that yeah. already small room. And then we looked at it and went, hang on a second, if we put in we in, put in an internal wall and create a wardrobe through those French doors, the wardrobe for the small bedroom, we get a bigger wardrobe for that small bedroom. We lose some space in the big bedroom, but it's still a big bedroom. And much remember, we actually kept those beautiful, what do you call that? Beautiful stores? glass French doors. So, what were they? The glass French doors. The glass French doors. We kept those. We converted those into slider doors that slid into a wall yep. cavity. Yep. So they were originally hinged. We turned them into a sliding door. And they and they gave, and they they kept that beautiful old world charm in the yep. apartment. And then we flipped the door that went into the second bedroom, the hinge. It was hinging open to the left. We opened it to the right so that it didn't impact on the room. And suddenly it was a good, decent second bedroom. Second bedroom at really minimal cost. But then with that place there, we were also intending on doing a bit of a tart job in the bathroom because the bathroom was decent size, had a shower and a tub. Um, There was no internal laundry. What you're saying is in this property in Tamarama, two main apologies. The second bedroom was not big enough and there was no internal laundry. We managed to solve the bedroom issue, but we managed to get an internal laundry into that bathroom because we ripped it out and reconfigured. Yes, that's right. The cost of reconfiguring the bathroom was outweighed by the fact we put an internal laundry in there. No structural changes? Apologies you can't overcome. We had a property in Woolloomooloo um, where it was a a very generous two-bedroom apartment, and and we managed to do a a really incredible renovation. It was on Crown Street, Woolloomooloo, not far from the water, not far from the harbour, actually. Mm -hmm. Um, The road noise that came from Crown Street, it didn't bother us, but it was an apology, and no doubt it made the apartment cheaper when we bought it. Yes. And regardless of what we did to that apartment, the road noise was always going to be there. So we had to toss up whether or not it was going to impact the property with the expense we were going to do to renovating it, Mm -hmm. whether it was going to never make it good enough. In the end, it worked out, but that was a property that took us way longer to complete the renovation than we expected. It did, but that was an apology that we couldn't fix. Yes. There was no opportunity to change that noise, but we decided to go with it because we thought the proximity to the city outweighed that issue. 
And it was another apartment that had the, the second bedroom was not a bad size. It was on the small side, but not bad. But the way the door opened, it impacted the impacted the capacity to have a yeah. decent sized bed in the room. So the second bedroom in this property, the door they had was kind of halfway in the center of the wall. And that meant when the door swung open, it would impact it would the, bed, the bed. It would hit the bed. So most people looking at this when it was up for sale kind of went, oh, I can't move the door. I can only put a single bed in here. It's a problem. We looked at it and went, actually, that's good because it's putting people off. We can move that door easily. And as soon as you move the door down to one end, the swing of the door changed. We could fit a double bed in there and set up. Mitch, you had bedside cabinets. Bedside tables and, yeah. Yeah, so it was small, but you reconfigured it quickly to make a decent second bedroom. Absolutely. One thing that actually doesn't, it's not about apologies, but it actually it reflects back on our last question about can you make money out of flipping properties. That apartment took us way longer than, than we expected to take to, mm. to complete and have it to market. Mm-hmm. In that time, there was a market correction in a downward direction. So the money we're going to make of that property had all of a sudden been diminished because the market had dropped. Yep. And that the market had dropped, and had we been on time, we would have been fine. Mm. Properties were absolutely selling at like at a rate of knots. Yeah. But because we're a few months late, the market had slowed down, and actually the values had gone down. So that reflects to that question about can you make money out of flipping? Yeah. So when the we timing game, market impact and manufactured growth, yes. you got to balance the two out because you could risk it. Exactly. So that's apologies. They're examples of opportunities that come from apologies and properties. So you've got to weigh up the apologies you can turn into opportunities and weigh up those that are just going to be a problem that stays. Now, we've got a third question we're going to tackle tackle today. Um, this comes from Taylor and, and Jaden from uh, Penrith, New South Wales. Their question is, how do you manage budgets? Well, this is a really good question, and so many people ask about how do you keep to budget? How do you manage budget? And if you've logged, watched us on the block, the first block we did, you will see that we found that very difficult. I found that hard, of course, on the block. But on the second one, we managed to do it very well. And when we've been doing property flips, it is one of the biggest issues for you if you're wanting to make money from a flip. You need to make sure you manage and control what you spend. Because as we were talking about and from the question Natasha and Anthony put to us, you know, you make money when you buy the property because you need to buy it at a, as low a price as you can because you work out what you're going to spend to take it to market in six or eight months. And which you mentioned about. You notice that actually I'm being quite, I'm being relatively quiet here because budget management has never been one of my strong points. So I kind of just sit back and pay attention and hope that nobody knows that I'm spending okay. too much. So, so a couple of quick things about how to keep the budget. First off, keep a track of everything. Now, if you are reasonable with Excel, I use Excel spreadsheet, you, you have to keep track of everything that you spend. And as we mentioned before, from your stamp duty to your weekly payments or monthly payments through to your strata, keep track of everything. So that in, strata fees. Strata fees, yeah. everything. That yeah, in, you, were, you were racing in that. I'm wasn't sorry, clear. So I'm a bit excited then. Um, budget, Mark loves about, budgets. I love a, I love a spreadsheet. So you keep track of everything. Now, the other ways that you can manage your budget. Even even the interest payments you're paying. Even the interest payments yeah. because when you're property flipping, basically you need to know, has my money that I've invested in this property returned me a better 
interest rate, for example, better than if it was just sitting in a bank where interest rates really bad? Am I getting a better return here than doing anything else with my money? And the only way you're going to know that is if you keep track of everything you spend. A couple of things we do to save some money. Labor and the cost of labor is your biggest cost. That means you should have a schedule of works with your builder so you know when the builder is going to be on site and when they're going to have their different trades on site. And also you need to have, make sure that if they're going to be there, you've got all of your stuff there. So well, the type on exactly the, what I was going to say. Were you? Mitch is getting a bit excited now. Um, well, I know some of this stuff. So you I'm know right. some of this stuff. So the reason you want to have your schedule of works is because if you know when the tiler is going to be there, you must have all your tiles on site before the tiler gets there. If you know when the plumber is going to be there, and keep in mind the plumber is going to be there two or three times, you have to have all of your fittings on site because they want to see those fittings. They want to make sure that they're going to work. You know, you don't want to have a trade turn up and say, oh, you don't have your stuff there, so I'm going to go to another job and come back. And while we're talking about having your tiles there, having your tap fittings and Mm -hmm. all that stuff there, I've got another idea about how you save money with those, but that's for another segment, okay? I'll do that in another one. It's about This is not about how you manage the budget. This is about how you reduce the cost. I'm thinking. Another way that you can save money, we've saved money, is go and get end lots of things like tiles, depending on how many tiles you need. So measure up and make sure you know how much you need. But we've used some great tiles. That oh, well, no, that was my budget thing. Oh, well, that was my input. People want to know now. So, so no, I can do that. So okay. what Mark was going to say is, one, when you come to buying products, whether it's tapware, tiles, carpet, mm-hmm. weigh up all your options. You may love the latest on-trend tile or tapware, but think about what the purpose of this property is. And if you can find something where the property will still be beautiful, mm-hmm. but if it's last season stock or two-year-old stock, people really aren't that fussed, whether it's the latest trend no. or just something that looks fabulous. And it's still going to be beautiful. So end of runs, discounted stock, yep. shop around. Yep. It's, part of, it's part of your job. It's part of your budget management job. Do, do that. And the other thing that we will do in more detail later for you is we have used flat packs. Yes. To create some beautiful bespoke looks by mixing your flat pack, for example, with stone marble bench tops or yes. changing the handles up. They look amazing. Or flat pack and wardrobes. Very affordable. We've done flat pack wardrobes. We've got a flat pack specialist to actually build them for us. Yes. But it's still come in looking stunning. Some of those flat pack products, I'm sorry, they get a bad rap. A lot of them are absolutely brilliant and can look beautiful and as you said if you actually do some customization is that the word customize bespoke. customization make them bespoke, bespoke. It's very easy so in artisan s- they're like artisan artisan products. so in <laughs> summary for um keeping a budget make sure you've got a schedule when your builders on site make sure you have all your goods or your equipment or your service or whatever you need on site ready for them because you're going to spend more money in delayed trades that if, if you don't have them on site uh, look for end lots of things. Look for last seasons tapware and stuff. It still looks well, fabulous. Case and of, consider and consider. It's a case of shop around. And consider. Don't nudge me. Well, I was doing that. You don't <laughs> want to spend too much time, and you keep talking over me. Excuse don't me. Wrap up. Wrap up. Excuse um, me. I know. And so I'll just very quickly make sure you know when your trades are on. Look at end lots of there. things and flat packs. You can use flat packs. And Mitchie, you've said paint makes a huge difference. Oh my god, paint everything. Paint and styling can be the big the big deal. Um, it can actually mean that 
your bathroom and kitchen, which are the most expensive areas, can actually be tarted up rather than replaced. And we will get to that in another episode. Tips yes. for kitchens and bathrooms. Thank you very much. So thank you for those questions. I hope that's helped people. We will actually have some before and afters I mentioned on michamark.com if you look at michamark.com forward slash home by home. And there's also an inspiration section on our website. Sure. Mark, but also I wanted to also acknowledge some of the beautiful feedback that people have sent us. I just want to read a few because I think they've just been so lovely, the messages we've got. Here's one from Kate. Kate said, love this podcast, lads. Interiors, yes, but it's more about warm and genuinely accepting of all our wonderful differences. Keep it coming. Thanks, Kate. Thanks, Kate. We also got wonderful feedback from Shani. Shani said, absolutely loving the podcast. I'm loving the honest vibe, but the raw honesty of all guests. Thank you for sharing this with the world. Thank you. We do love the honesty of our guests. Some of our guests have just been amazing. We've been so goddamn lucky. Here's one um, from, I can't read that name. What does it say? I think that's a little nickname. I can't, now I've lost it. It's a little, it's, it's a nickname because it's S B S B S. F-E-G. This is from S-B-S-B-S-F-E-G. Oh, my God, I had tears in my eyes listening to your chat with Damien Cooley. Damien Cooley is the auction extraordinaire. That Thanks, guys. Love the podcast. He was so raw and beautiful talking about um, his losing his mother. I and, and the other one that we had, I got a direct message after we spoke to Melissa Couts. She messaged us and said, I've just listened to Melissa's podcast and she had apparently just applied for the block 2022. Yes. She and a friend, but didn't get through, unfortunately. Better luck next time. Keep applying, by the way. And she said, you know, I started to think maybe I wasn't big enough and my personality wasn't bold enough and I'm supposed to be louder, you know, reality TV. And she reflected on Mills accounts saying that I'm yes. an introvert and I'm used to playing parts as an actor. Yes. But playing myself on SAS yeah. was so tough because I had to be me. Well, and I think we talked also about how introverts have a lot of value and that reality TV is, is almost a setting expectation. You have to be big and brash. And, and this lady messaged me and said, you know what? I, I was feeling really bad beating up on myself. And then I listened to what Melissa said and realized actually being an introvert is very valuable. I really like that quality about myself and I just need to be made. Mark, Thank you so I, much for sending that message. But I think it also goes further to sort of say that, well, one on reality TV, it, they're gonna, you're going to be caught out. You can't fake it till you make it because eventually um, you can't be in front of a camera sometimes 24-7 trying to be something you're not. And I think the same goes for life. Mm. Like that beautiful lady who wrote in saying that she felt that she'd be more accepted if she became bigger and louder. Mm-hmm. We all have to choose to embrace exactly who we are. Exactly. And I embrace you, Marky, for who you are. Oh, thank you for that, Richie. Mm. Yes, I embrace you for who you are too. But we've got a million more messages there, which we won't get through today. But look, we just want to let you know how much we appreciate them. It's so nice of you to take the time out. It is. We're going to be doing some more episodes that are around Renault tips and tricks. And there's also going to be some short episodes we'll be doing being released soon, where we'll just give you a little kind of shot on a Renault idea, on a design idea. Now, we've been writing a number of articles in ACM, in the papers. You can see Renault. Australian Community Media in Australian community media, and it's syndicated around around the country. But we'll be also doing some little shot episodes about renovation tips and tricks and ideas that might help you. I do love a shot. You do love a shot. Hmm. A Renault shot. Yes, exactly. that's exactly what I was talking about. Yes. Well, that's 
it from us for this week. Guys, thank you so much for allowing us to indulge talking about some of the some of the things we love and also some really great questions. It was fun to answer some of the questions rather than just talking to a guest, although yeah. we do love that. And we hope some of the tips and tricks we've talked about will be useful for your renovation when you do it in the future. And um, if you like what you hear, you can actually send us a question. You can. We love your questions. Or if you have a guest you'd like us to approach an interview, just email us at inquiries at mitchamark.com. We would love to hear from you. Also, if you're around Newport this weekend, we're opening our new store, Mitch and Mark Home at 368 Baron Joey Road, Newport. Drop by and say hi, and you can actually check in and see if we actually did make our deadline. I'm a bit squared. Oh, before. I think we will. Mitch and I are there most weekends and probably most weekdays. So drop us a line. Hopefully it'll be organised and be open. Please, if you like the podcast, tell your friends about it, and you can find us at Acast, Spotify, iTunes is the one. iTunes. <laughs> yes, the dago. iTunes or wherever you find your good podcast. Thank you and bye for now. See you next week. See you next week. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs> 